yeah. Uh, what has happened that's good? Oh yeah. I did. Well, don't. Why, why are you yeah. telling me now? Tell me during life school. Right, fine. Do you like listening to the Guys on Film podcast? Do you listen to lots of the episodes and does it occasionally keep you up with night terrors? Well, help help us out by leaving a review on iTunes. It really helps us. And tell a friend slash multiple friends that you think might be into the podcast too. Also tell other friends just who probably won't because fuck it. Uh, Ollie. Yeah. I can't wait for what you've thought up for this week. Um, so I'm Ian, he's Ollie. Hello. Fuck's sake. <laughs> we're guys, we're chatting about film. It's the Guys on Film Podcast. I haven't been able to think anything because my thoughts are being monitored. Oh, well, that's a hint at what's in the show. It's the dystopian movies episode. Yeah. Yeah, well up for it. It's one of my favourite genres. <laughs> You're well up for having your thoughts monitored. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, no, Just gives me a real not. sense of CD lustful eyes over me. And all I don't know. Actions. I don't really think anything like particularly dark, but I suppose what I would be worried about is people would find out the things that I like music slash films wise. or like, like me, if I were to find out that, for example, you like... I'm trying to think of a really, really terrible movie, but I can't. I just can't think of bad movies. I love them so much. Yeah. What's your What's your deepest darkest movie secret, Ollie? Or is that for another episode? It's probably deepest, for another. It's probably for another episode. But I mean, you know, we've already said before that I don't mind the first Transformers film. So you know, I don't mind it. And I'd probably well, if you go... don't mind it. They'll never They'll never find it in your yeah. mind anyway. <laughs> yes, because it's not. I, yeah, I can't even mind it. Yeah, so what's uh, queuing up on today's episode? This sword is packed. If if anything, it's maybe a little bit too packed, so we'll have to really push our way through it. Yeah. Are you timing this, Ollie? We'll have to shakur our way through it. Sure. Um, I'll just too, too I'll let that hang for a little bit longer. Yeah. So that's wasting a minute of our time almost. Okay. On this sword, we've got uh, I've got a tiny bit of housekeeping. Um, then we're going to get into some things that we would like to put into a dystopian movie, Room One Hundred One. Yeah, um, or now Screen One Hundred One. Screen One Hundred One. I kind of wanted to call it "Put It in the Submersible," and then we could just do that as a running gag that along with us in the submersible are all the worst movie things or worst movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, because okay. they deserve to be in there with James Cameron's farts. Yes, no, that's fine. Let we'll we'll do that. But it, I mean, yeah, maybe that's so. Explain a, kind of... explain a bit about what we're going to do in that seggy. Why don't we just explain it when we get there? That's a great idea too. Then we'll do life scores in our intermission, and then we're going to talk about dystopian movies. Yeah, sounds great. And then you're all going to be uh, put into some kind of weird fluid, have plugs put into the back of your heads, and then. You'll be living out some of the weird reality. Or maybe you're already living that weird reality. Well, that's a theory as well. Um, can I hit you with some housekeeping just before we move into Seggy 1? Yeah, of course. Housekeeping. Can I ask you a question? 
Uh, go for it. Have you played games in a pizza place? Have I played games in a pizza place? Yeah. Uh, no. So when you said people would be down the arcades in the pizzeria yeah. last week, did uh-huh. you mean Galleria? No. Well, what in my head, what I was thinking of a, a little while ago, I had this. Sorry, two two weeks ago, because that's housekeeping myself. Yeah, I had a little idea in my head that it would be cool to like open a a pizza restaurant, but have loads of like uh, arcade retro gaming machines in there as well. So I was actually just kind of projecting um, these f- hipsters that don't exist that they would flock to this non-existing place that I would create so um, and would that be in Coventry? probably Leamington Spa the Silicon Valley of the Midlands or Warwickshire <laughs> uh, and based on the fact that you visited a pizza place in London and you just thought that this is almost a quote I think yeah yeah no. We yeah, we were this in Coventry. Um, do yeah. you think Leamington is ready for that type of thing? Yeah, because I think I think people would be up for going to have a big slice of pizza, a craft beer, and play Teenage yep. Mutant Ninja Turtles the arcade game or Terminator Two the arcade game. Oh yeah, for a little bit, just smashing the quids in or ten p's probably, just smashing well, the ten p's in. Lovely that you have mentioned Terminator Two because my related note is that the Galleria is where the arcade is in Terminator 2, that the T-1000 gets pointed to by some young kids. They say, he's in the Galleria, and he says, the Galleria, and then looks away towards like the arcade place. Yeah, okay. So that's where the kids play play games in there. I, just, I thought that you'd made a mistake, but instead you had a dream. Yep. And every man's entitled to a dream. Yep. But I must remember that people can't (laughs) actually read my thoughts. Stop remembering. Yeah. What are you? What are you swishing around? Thinking number two. You're making a hell of a lot of unwanted noise. (laughs) I'll let the listeners be the judge of that. Seggy one. Okay. Guys on Bill. Yeah, but guys, we're talking about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. You know what guys talk about Bill. It's the Guys on Bill podcast for real. This is another uh, one of our famous hastily thought up, ill-prepared segment ones. So this is based off uh, classic dystopian story 1984 by George Orwell. Now in, in this film, you know, this is the one where such phrases like Big Brother has come from, and also Room 101. Well, I mean, not really. It's not the film. It was a book. The book, yeah, you know. Yeah, but we're not, we're not guys on books. Well, I mean, I wish we were sometimes. <laughs> sure. I, I, I can imagine, you, you know, like uh, um, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey doing his leaning posters. Yeah. I, I just imagine the visual for guys on books is like us leaning against two books that are leaning against one another or or like <laughs> sitting on a pile of like and by the way these are books that are bigger than human sized I think that's the thing I failed to get across the first time though. okay but we'd be sitting on books we just have our arms sort of spread out and our legs dangling down the edge of the books guys on books I think I've only read about four or five books I've read Jurassic Park one and two. Uh-huh. I've read uh, The Lord of the Rings twice 
and I've I've read <laughs> I've read a book called Meg, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is about not a massive Meg. No, it's about a giant prehistoric shark, <laughs> and it's it's being oh. fil- it's being filmed at the moment uh, as a vehicle for Jason Statham. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And he's, uh, he's the playing, giant shark he's, is his vehicle. He's he's uh, the well, they literally do go in the shark. It's that big. Oh right. In oh, a, is it like a megalodon? Megalodon, yeah. And they, oh, Meg, Meg, yeah. So yeah, they yeah. go inside the megalodon inside a submersible as well. Oh, cool. So a spoiler, bro. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, there's no escaping that. <laughs> inside the submersible, there's so, no escape. Anyway, um, so by the signs of it, you've devised more Seggy One formats than you've read books. <laughs> right, yeah. So, <laughs> so, but sometimes they're not so good. Yeah. In 1984, there is a uh, particular uh, room called Room 101, and within that room, a person is to face their worst fear or the worst thing ever. Um, uh-huh. There was there was some program that ran for a number of years on BBC, I think, where celebrities, I guess they may have been celebrities at the time, would put things like cheese or something in there because they they didn't like cheese. So it, it you know obviously became a bit of a funny thing. And now we're just going to be continuing on that with Room One Hundred and One or Screen One Hundred and One. I think um, you're sort of building quite a high expectation there because you did mention that they'd managed to turn it into a funny thing, and we're go- and that we're going to continue that. Um, let's see what we can do. Yeah. Are you the host or am I, or are we just both going tit for tat or whatever? Tit five tat. Okay, tit five tat it is. Okay. I'll be Paul Merton, you be Frank Skinner. <laughs> okay, yeah, fine. And someone else can be Nick Hancock. Okay. Okay, shall I start with one of mine then, since you've did all, done all the introing? Yeah. I only have two. I thought of one after I told you I only have one. Okay, well, just hit me with both. Let's go. Experiential equipment trailers. So, <laughs> oh god! So when you go to, when you go to the cinema, what I don't need is somebody to tell me that it's fitted with four K audio, experiential four K audio. Uh, hi- yeah, exactly. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. It's like whatever the technology supposedly Fucking the pixels in that audio. Yeah, four hundred thousand K uh yeah. is the frequency. Right. Four K audio, yeah. Um ten decibel <laughs> video presentation, surround surround screen, three or seven D uh feel you up whatever. <laughs> right? Feel you, yeah. Do you feel? Do you do you feel the movie because it feels it, you? So that. So anyway, my point being, you're there. You're gonna watch the film. It should pretty much do the talking for itself, right? Like, if if the if the cinema are playing the trailer for it, then presumably they've got it fitted in the building, right? So like, just let me see whatever this fucking fantastic to- technology is in action by playing the film. I don't know, like, they've presumably paid a lot of money to get it fitted, but this trailer is, it's only upselling to, I would say, less than 1% of a potential audience who are, like, other cinema directors who may or may not choose to fit this in their cinemas. Right. So, but isn't it more about you haven't just sat at home and watched a really dodgy copy of it, you're watching it in the best 
THX Ultra 4K laser display that you're okay, actually well, get that, well, that it's certified. Laser display. It's certified that you, the viewer, it's certifying your experience. It's certified that you are the viewer. Yeah. <laughs> it's certified that it's going to be good. Okay. Well, that that leads me to my second point, which I mentioned. Well, uh, so are you going to agree with episode. me or not? Well, let me just come back at you with a point, which is regardless of how much they want to perhaps use those adverts to convince people that it's better at the cinema than it is at home. Yeah. When there's no staff available and the screen is misaligned or some sort of issue is going on with the projection or not turning on the light, uh, turning off the lights in the cinema, yeah. it doesn't matter if you get any of that bullshit. You're on emotional tenterhooks anyway right. because you just want them to sort it out so it's as good as the TV you've got at home. Yeah. It's a nasty cycle. And your of, TV's shit. I mean, my TV's better than a cinema where they badly project it. <laughs> I do need to buy a new TV. I've not bought one for eight years. Yeah, you've still got a massive, big cathode ray tube one. That's incorrect. Mine is uh, 1080p, 32-inch. <laughs> square Flat. base. Thin base. <laughs> What's what square base? Is that a type of pizza you yeah. get in Lamington? Yeah. Yeah, you can get square pizzas. Yeah. What's that place called? Let's Sna- do a little advert for them. Snappy tomato pizza. I used to work there, cleaning the pans and answering oh, the yeah. phone. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Okay, so what do you think about those two things? I know you came back on the rebuttal of... Um, I think that... Um, they need to promote the industry to some extent. Well, and also that it's... You get your audio and your equipment verified that it's, you know set up correctly i guess but i'd feel more confident going to a cinema that had those stickers on it than one that didn't i guess that's what they're trying okay. to do yeah and i always used to like the the uh, thx you know the audio i used to like that splash screen because it because yeah, basically that. it was like a it's like a sound that has every frequency doing something mental all at once and then coming into focus as some like real sharp crystal clear and you're like yeah that is that is good Hmm. that is good yeah i mean when it's when it's that good it could almost transport you back into another time in your life and like all the adverts for uh (laughs) cleaning the pizza trays (laughs) i need to make that into a soundboard so i don't have to badly cleaning the pizza trays mixing up the tomato sauce Mixing up the tomato yep. sauce, filling the little tubs up with coleslaw and putting them in the fridge. Just, you know, all the best jobs. So, tell me, Ollie, can you actually knead and roll pizza dough? They wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't let me do that. <laughs> they saw the look in your face. <laughs> uh, you didn't even have to get it round. It's square at snappy pizzas or whatever so okay, yeah um, anyway i i, I take i take your point that's fine that won't go into the uh screen 101 farty submersible what have you got okay so mine well i guess mine is more uh my a full experience described <laughs> yeah so okay listen up everybody ollie's got a tale to tell yeah so my worst imaginable cinema screen experience would be this imagine it people imagine it it's a three and a half hour film 
that's, <laughs> that's two hours too long. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, yeah. So first, first. So is this is this an actual film? No, this is just this is just an imagined. I'm sat there and I'm ready. I'm like, this is gonna be pure hell. So <laughs> it would probably be some kind of art, arty, art house think piece. Sure. You know. Uh, sorry, is that it? I thought you were going to no, no, describe no, no. it blow there's, by blow in there's detail. More. No, there's more. The Riz, the Riz ball. Well, Ollie, could you mind not labouring it quite so hard? Okay, so a couple a couple behind me are talking, but not loud enough for it to annoy anybody else, but, <laughs> but loud enough for it to just purely annoy me. So okay. ultimately, I wouldn't get any support off anybody if I did... Make a rage scene. Quit. Yeah, rage quit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so someone two rows in front of me checks Facebook every five minutes. Okay. So now this that, now that... My I blood think... is now boiling. Okay, I have a point about that, but carry on. Okay, and, and this one I may need your help with, but to the left and the right of me, I mean, I'm, <laughs> this is an, an, on my own at the cinema... You've got the... clowns to the left of you. You've got jokers to the right. It's not a bloody circus, it's a <laughs> cinema. <laughs> okay, so to the left and the right, the armrests have been taken by oh, the, the people yeah. next to me. So I now have to I now have a compromised uh seat. What do you mean no? You're have... always compromised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I can't reclaim that, that armrest. It's Ollie. He's been re-compromised. So yeah, that's that's um, my. I mean, that's pretty much my. I, I'd just leave the cinema at that point. Uh, I wouldn't stay. I mean, I don't know what I'd be doing in a cinema with a three and a half hour long think piece film. Anyway, you wouldn't see me there. You'd be with me. You'd be with me if I dragged you there. Maybe on some occasion where we happen to be together. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get an interview I, with the person after. Yeah. It'd be the new Paul Verhoeven poetry film or something. Yeah. Um, and I might actually be one of the two people that's using your armrest. <laughs> Paul Verhoeven um, is the other. <laughs> uh, no, okay, so in, in that imagined reality, forget me and Paul Verhoeven. Yeah. The only one thing I would say is that the armrest thing, absolutely, and the um, people behind talking just quietly enough that it doesn't bother anyone else. Yeah, because they uh, think that they're being quiet, but they're not. Those two things are incredibly hard to deal with. The mobile phone, now that's going to be affecting multiple people, and <laughs> okay. I, and I and I think on that basis, at least it's going to be multiple rage no, quits. No, well, not multiple rage quits, but at least the support that you were looking for, if yeah. you were to cause a fuss yeah. about it, the support so network I'd be is doing, there. Yeah, what I'd be doing is going. Like, I mean, it's three and a half hours. No, no single part of this film is going to be pivotal. Get the fuck out. Speak to an usher. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and say, "Look, this person needs to get out or stop." Right. Um, but then, when you go back in, the whole cast has changed. It's a different time period, and you've just missed <laughs> pivotal sequence. You've just missed the use of a time knife, which cuts the entire cast through time and space. Yeah. Um, so you no, get so back. I, I, so you get back. And what I would think you do is you go one of two directions. So you either say just loudly enough so that all of the surrounding people, including the arm armrest bandits yep. and the talking Men. tush bags, 
don't know. Uh, talking men hear exactly what you say, which is, yes, it's this gentleman here. He keeps taking his uh, phone out and checking Facebook. It's it's disrupting everyone here, and everyone just wants to enjoy the film. Yeah. <laughs> just just loudly enough that other people hear that you know basically you're looking for a very considerate uh, yeah. cinema yeah. cinema going uh, colleague. Uh-huh. So so the other route that you could go is that you get down the aisle and you point the person out. I'm going to get married. Pull, and then, <laughs> I do. Then you pull out your Gremlins 2 Hulk Hogan impersonation <laughs> and say, Forget about Gremlins in the auditorium, buddy! And then you just go from there. I'm sick and I'm tired of social media. <laughs> that's that's much more like Macho Man. I think Macho Man's the only one I can do. So how how are you dealing with the the armrest thieves? Well, I'm just thinking with option one. Well, actually, with option one, you just want them to hear that you're easily annoyed and that maybe they'll be more considerate. It's right. not a foolproof plan. No. With plan two. Um, I think you can be more direct and say, social media dickwad, get the hell out of here. <laughs> and then uh, turn around and say, and you, brother, and you, brother, watch those pythons. And pythons in uh, 80s wrestling terms, that's arms. That's right, big, okay. Mus- muscly arms. Python rests. Uh, yes, get your arms off my python rests. <laughs> okay. Um, but ultimately, I think this can go into the Room 101 Farty Submersible. Yes. Screen 101 Farty Submersible. Does that mean I win? I don't think it's about winning. I think it's about eradicating shit uh, culture uh, within our society. Yeah. Um, which is basically what a lot of these films that we're about to talk about are doing. But when I say shit culture, they're just eradicating something that the baddies don't like because it's totalitarian. I failed to say totalitarian there. Life score? Sure. Life score. How are you? Life score. I'm fine. Thank you. Life score. Out of 10? Life score. Pro- probably like a, th- a four. That was the jingle. Okay, Sounding better and better every time. <laughs> really need to <laughs> neighbours it up. I'm, yeah, hit it with the neighbor's rebadge. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking that maybe when we actually tell our numbers, there should be a little a little sound to spice it up that sounds like the computer's crunching the numbers. Imagine something like like Blockbuster in the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> Ding. <laughs> yep. Okay. It's six. <laughs> Three. Uh, probably a four. Yeah, that's part, actually part of your jingle, isn't it? Probably a four. Yeah. Okay. So what? 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 Are your what's your life score? Probably pretty high, my, I imagine. My life's pretty good. Um, <laughs> Jesus, that's a general general statement. Sorry, I'll talk about this week's life score instead now. Um, strong anticipation for Berlin. Yeah. Riding a high of a long week of uh, stress. I know it's only been f- like three days so far. And the fourth will be the last before some Easter holiday. Uh-huh. Um, but it feels long because it's been long days and hard work, doing, doing a lot of time. But it did remind me of uh, when I left university after my final semester of third year before going into fourth year. 
and I finished the last lecture that I had and then submitted uh, a bit of coursework and I walked out the front doors of the uni and uh, some 41 were on my headphones oh god yep <laughs> and it was like the beginning of summer can you stop that beat um, from happening yes sorry I'll stop it now yeah so basically riding high is where I'm at because when I leave work yep. I'm going to be ready for a four day weekend nice and I'm pretty I'm basically going to stock up my Sum 41 in my, uh, on my phone so I can listen to that as I exit the office. Which, which song is it? Do you know? Um, now, In Too Deep is probably the one that you'd listen to as you exit and yeah. you cheesily grin at everyone else. Uh-huh. But I think on the way home, then you'd listen to um, the one that came afterwards. Does This Look Infected? Is that what it's called? The whole album? That's good. Yeah. It's a good album. It's a little bit more metally with some solos in it and stuff. Yeah, okay. Couple of things that are getting me down. I'm reeling emotionally from last week's hard takedown on my interview technique with Ben Wheatley. Yep. Uh again. And more that you least... just couldn't that you couldn't really eloquently describe your your the gripe. Blurriness. Yeah. My gripe was the blurriness and I explained it three times. Just because you said, No, I don't get it, doesn't mean it wasn't eloquent. I... But anyway, point point being at least I've got an interview technique. <laughs> right. And also, at least I've got the ability to secure interviews. I'm going to so. secure one. Just you wait. Well, I've been waiting for a while. There's this rumoured idea that you might have uh, some sort of interview in the bag, but I don't know. No. It seems Not yet, but I will I will do. I'll be I'll be getting something, don't you worry. Um, another thing getting me down, I suppose, is that I ate a whole pack of shortbread today. Um, oh, mate, how much? <laughs> um, it was a small pack from Sainsbury's. It cost 90 pence, so it wasn't loads. Oh, well, that, I, I mean, how many is that? How many fingers is, is that? I think it was probably like six and eight, so it's probably 12. 12, 12 fingers. fingers? Yeah. <sighs> I went a bit mental. What, could you just not stop? I ate, I did it in two settings. <laughs> so I did I did a few, and then also we've had a darts board installed in work at right. my request, uh, which is amazing. Okay. And I also I hey, also one. <laughs> I also bought um, some of my own tungsten steel darts, which are amazing as right. well. Um, Going to set up a darts tournament, but anyway, so I went off, did got a cup of tea, did some darts, ate two or three fingers. Then went off, had lunch, did about two or three more hours work, and then as a pre-dinner end of the afternoon treat, I just smashed the rest. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, that's kind of it. I, I've seen. Uh, the I mean, was for... there a, was there a point where you had like th- three left, and you just thought, yeah, you know, what's the point? Forget it. Forget about it. Just do it. There must have been a point of no return where you knew that you were going to smash a whole sorry I, lot. I choose to disremember that. Yeah. The thought police will find it, but I, I mean, I'm trying to forget it. Okay. Um, and yeah, I mean, ongoing stress of just week by week having this constant emotional, physical, sexual tenterhooks about when we're actually going to record the next episode. Yeah. Diary clashes and all that sort of stuff. But anyway, generally, good. Going to go off to Berlin, going to have a good one. I've got a couple of Berlin-related points in the podcast. Uh, Equilibrium is one of them. That will come later. Yeah. And I just saw the trailer for Atomic Blonde with Char- uh, Charlie's, Charlie's Theron. Yeah. Um, John Goodman, Toby Jones, James McAvoy. That looks really good to yeah. me. 
I think it looks pretty cool. Okay. Um, but it's based in Berlin and it's got all the cool architecture. So great. That's it. I'm an eight and a half nine. No, you can't. You can't do that. You got to choose one. Nine, because I know that the next few days are going to be great, and I think that's fair because we're so close to the last time we did our life scores. Uh, when we're recording this again, yeah. I'll look behind the curtain, but I think by the time this episode comes out, I'll definitely be a strong nine. Right. Okay. How about you? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> probably riding high as well, but you know, I like to keep myself at an, a steady eight. Um, I've had a couple of days off work with the kids. Been down. Ollie, to... Can I just ask? Just yeah. one thing. I I recommended the podcast to somebody else, and they asked what episodes to listen to. And after I told them the episodes um i was listening to some of the earlier ones myself just to check i hadn't told them to listen to really crap ones and, there um, aren't any really crap ones well true that's true but within the scheme of our amazing episodes the ones that are less good right so anyway you used to constantly be between a six and a 7.5 right and for the last six or seven episodes you've been around an eight i don't know something's changed obviously you're a happy man. Maybe I should plot yeah. it all out on a graph and we'll know better. But anyway, time of the kids. Yeah, so time time of the kids, been to the tip. Do you know what the tip is? Yeah, the skip, so I've the been, tip. Yeah, I, and it's it's a satisfying experience. I've been there about three times, just chucking stuff away, getting rid of stuff, clearing the garden out, just uh-huh. chucking stuff that you don't want anymore or just bags of crap in a, in a bin. And I mean, it... In a way, a tip kind of looks a little bit like a dystopian future because it's just got loads of unwanted stuff in there, loads of fridges and old tellies and, you know, just people just, like, throwing stuff away ill regard to what they're chucking away and just, bong, bash it in the bin. Do people not know when they go to the tip, do they not sort nicely between the different types of... Well, they, they do, but, I mean, you still see things that are, you know, like... You had a little moment when you were there and you just thought, ooh, it's like I'm in a dystopian movie. Yeah. You just, you just dreamt why people were throwing things away. Yeah, so, look, everything's pretty good at the moment. And I've, um, I think I may have told you, but I, I've actually signed up for one of these um, cinema cards so I can go whenever I want now. So I've been putting that to use. I've, I've been to the cinema like four times this month already. And I've got a free weekend this weekend where I'm not really doing anything. There's no plans. So it's just going to be a, a real nice weekend. I'm working bank holiday Monday, but got a nice whole weekend. And uh, I want to go and see a film. But do you know what the big film out this weekend is? Um, the Fast and the Fury 9. <laughs> spring, spring Vacation. <laughs> no, it, um, it, it's, the, it's okay. Fast and the Fury 8. Fate, F8 of the Fury 9. And you know what? I've only ever seen the first one. Ah, oh, well, you better binge them prior then. Because I'm sure that if you watch Fast and the Furious 8, you'll just struggle to know what's going on at all. But it just looks like... I don't know. I mean, it might be fine, but it it looks just... It looks like a nightmare, even for me. Even for my action nonsense levels are quite high. This looks like too much nonsense. <laughs> I don't know what to say about that. I mean, well, go and see it. It's unlimited. So, like, what's, what's the problem? I'm never going to get that time back. I know, but, I mean, what's the point of getting an unlimited card if you're worried about wasting time? 
Yeah, true. Maybe I should just... Maybe I should at least watch the last two or three and then go... Like, watch from, like... Watch six and well, seven. Ollie, I honestly don't think it's going to be that big of a problem. But, sure, why don't you tell us once you've been? Okay. I'm an eight. Okay, great. GR... Ollie. Yeah. We've got to get out of here. The the world's turning to to shit. Okay. So where are we gonna go? Um your house? How are we gonna get there? <laughs> Everything's covered in water. In um fucking the water world craft that Kevin Costner has. <laughs> it's Dennis, oh, Dennis, Hopper's, Dennis Hopper's got it. Ah, oh, shit. Uh, better get in the fire. He's a Kevin, Kevin Costner's CG hairline is, is taking over the world. <laughs> uh, okay, sure. Kevin um, Costner's CG hairline is ruling the world with an iron fist. CG. You called CG CG there. I'm pretty certain of it. Anyway, uh, I was going to say the Ford Falcon from Mad Max, but let's get inside the um, fire submersible. Yeah, we're in. We're safe. We're in. You're in. I'm certainly in. Dystopia, Ian. Yeah. The opposite of utopia. Cool. You know this, obviously. Yeah. I I do, but do our listeners? No. So it's uh, it's. But do, what, I mean, what? do you need to do you need to consult your notes slightly harder? No, no. What, what Ian? What is what, a dystopia? What is a dystopia? Like? You tell me. Tell. No, I, you know what? I'd rather you told me because it sounds like you're struggling. Let's put you to the test. <laughs> well, it takes many forms. Um. Yeah. So does cake. But tell me what dystopia is. <laughs> It's you sound like Sean Spicer in the real world dystopia <laughs> of the US government as it stands right now and his press engagements. Well it's it's not it's it's translated up. listen, it's translated as not good place. Okay. So So it's like so dystopia is like Coventry. Well, yeah, I guess no Coventry. well <laughs> Look. Basically the eleventh bottom utopia in the world a, dy- a dystopia is kind of a world in which you wouldn't want to live it's like the the it's a kind of a direction where it's taken the worst course of action where cats want to get out of doors and you're recording a podcast so just bear with me one second hold on <laughs> just one sec okay hold on um with bated breath Patrick. whilst ollie uses this fake distraction to really think through what he thinks a dystopia is bear with him while he has a harder think and pretends that he's dealing with the cat go on out great Patrick Uh more thinking time just listen to Ollie he's really struggling are you back in the game he wouldn't go out I don't think you wanted out in the first place and you just used that as some thinking time. But anyway, shall I tell you the definition that I found of a dystopia? Yeah. An imagined place or state in which everything is unpleasant or bad, typically a totalitarian or environmentally degraded one. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, well, we'll go with that then. Yeah, so it's it's un- undesirable. It's one of my favourite genres of films purely because I like the bleakness of it all and I like that it can like run with a concept. And often when you get quite dark times, I guess like we're in now, then you're normally due for a good dystopian film in a couple of years afterwards. So I think we'll be due for, for something pretty good in a couple of years' time. Okay. Some of the best dystopian films that I've seen are from times where there's nothing really that bad going on. Like when? Mm. When has there ever been nothing really that bad going on? Well, over the last sort of 20 to 30 years, things have generally been all right for millennials growing up. I mean, isolated (laughs) worldwide affairs have been pretty negative, but I think that's in pockets. Generally, yeah things have moved to a more progressive type of government and a liberal type of government and this is actually quite a stark change for the west to go all ukip brexit and trump yeah um but anyway let's not dwell on no no so too much normal so some of the i guess some of the themes that you might have in a dystopian film is i see like one of of like society being under control Uh uh-huh so control is one totalitarianism totalitarianism. (laughs) (laughs) it's good it's there well it's good it's it's not actually there at all you didn't manage it yeah Uh, so things being a crime whether that's (laughs) hold on wait no 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 no. that's that's the world now alright okay so things that are not a crime now being a crime in the future like thought or expression or emotion or like art or religion or something like that so Guess things who's watched equilibrium uh, but that was that was describing many different films there sure okay um what about a law that doesn't exist right now like you're you not allowed tapping stuff no that was my mouth right okay sounds Sorry, like a keyboard uh, it's me almost getting towards a predator impression. <laughs> okay. Something like that. That's more like a dolphin. Um, I don't know. You're not allowed to flick plectrums at windows. Is that a dystopia? Uh, no. Oh, no. No, because, I mean, unless that's something that everybody really loves doing. Okay. So it's the removal of... Uh, life's joy yeah life's joys yeah okay but yeah control and um there, there also seems to be like a lot of i uh, the, in fact the last two films that i've watched over the last couple of nights were equilibrium and v for vendetta mm-hmm. and both of them had two things in it lots of nazi symbolism mm-hmm. and a massive head on a huge <laughs> flat screen talking at people <laughs> Which is also uh, in 1984 as well. Yeah, so that's semi-derivative of 1984, I think. One thing that I don't... So I, I think a, a dystopia in film is quite often like a science fiction because it's like a... Yeah. Pe- people think it's a science fiction because there are elements of it that you don't think is possible because they're not currently fact. Right? Yeah. I don't, I don't know if like... There's not an awful lot in V for Vendetta or Equilibrium that makes them a sci-fi, really. I mean, the martial arts in Equilibrium is maybe something that's kind of a little bit of an extension of reality. Um, <laughs> Just a bit. Yeah. Gun, <laughs> a bit. gun Carter. 
Yes, gun cutter. But it's the worst um, thing ever. I, I enjoyed the film, but my word, that it still looks ridiculous. So uh, what I'm saying is, yep. actually, I think dystopia is more often the thing that was properly describing what some of these films that people assume are just sci- sci-fi films actually are. But I was going to say that um, one that came to my my mind was the network. Have you seen that? Is that got Sandra? No. I'm thinking of the net. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that's almost like the internet as like a dystopia that you can. Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's not. It's just a twist in reality. Anyway, yeah. the network is the one where, by the end of it, um, the news reporter has gone wild and he's saying, you know, this thing's wrong, that thing's wrong, these people are doing wrong, but you know, what can we do about it? Well, yeah. first you've got to get mad, and then yeah. you know, everyone gets mad. Mad as hell, and, and yeah, yeah, not going to take it anymore. Yeah, but an think- uprising, which is also another trope of these sort of films, that there is a, a resistance to the iron fist and the no, no. What I what I would say though is that I think that um, maybe the network isn't a dystopia because it's it was pretty close to what society was like at the time of filming it. It's just kind of a satirical look at real society. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that leads me just to another point. I don't know whether I define that as that or not. And I don't think it's really important how you define things. Okay. Um, but it makes me just think that most dystopian films or books or whatever they are, are pointing a finger at real life yes. as it is right now in society. Yeah, it's mirror- it is mirroring themes that you can project a number of years into the future to their worst possible outcome extent yeah yeah so it's like an allegory for just how bad things can get yeah so yeah yeah so maybe in a couple of years time we'll have a a film where america has a wall all the way around it sure like escape escape from new york new york yeah yeah it's good that's a good one it's on my list so um what do you want to talk about first? Well, one thing I just wanted to sort of clear up straight away is the distinction between post-apocalyptic and dystopian. Um, uh-huh. I posted the other night on my personal Facebook uh, news feed for some recommendations for some, you know, good bit of uh, dystopian fun. And, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody that they're wrong, but a lot of people were suggesting films like The Road... And things like that, and they, to me, they're not a dystopian future. It's more like it is bad, but it feels like a like a post apocalyptic future where, you know, there's there's cannibals and that running around, but there's it's not quite the same. So I think there is a slight difference. Okay, well, I mean, you're getting tied up in distinctions, but I mean, the the thing that I said a while back was an imagined place or state in which everything is unpleasant or bad typically a totalitarian or environmentally degraded one now environmentally think, degraded yeah like okay. wall e for example yeah that's a dystopia it's just that it's a very bright and wonderful one which... well then is is a zombie film automatically one yeah i mean if it's an imagined place or state where everything is unpleasant or bad like you can't just kick back and eat toast if there's zombies potentially going to eat you um, you know, and eating toast is one of life's joys, and it gives you I've some function back. Has it had marmite on it? No. 
Uh, yeah, exactly. I can fucking tell. <laughs> um, for listeners who may not have heard uh, Ollie's fake science, fake news about how um, Marmite apparently is uh, helpful to make your brain high functioning, I think you can all conclude with me that he was talking bollocks. <laughs> well, anyway, look, I I enjoyed so V for Vendetta to start with came up quite a few times in people's recommendations. So, I went. For, I went for that one first. Have you seen that one? Uh-huh. I've seen that one. Yeah. What do you reckon? It's all right. No, it was good. I liked it. Did it have something to do with the Wachowski brothers? They produced it. Uh huh. So, now, what did that mean in reality? <laughs> they stood around going, "Yeah, that's all right, mate." Well, I think they they didn't after such a heavy time on uh, the Matrix one, two, and three, which got better as they went along. Um, and the Animatrix. And the Animatrix, I think. Yeah, or just, Animatrices. Just wanted to take a back seat. Mm-hmm. But you could still tell it was them a little bit because there was a few like fancy fights in it and stuff. But, you know, I actually, I actually really enjoyed it. So um, that had the themes of control. So there was like the media manipulating people. There was the government manipulating people. There was... You, you couldn't go out after a certain time in the evening... So curfew. people were, it was like a curfew, so everybody was under control. Um and then you had Hugo weaving as some kind of um Guy Fawkes descendant type character that, that basically wanted to give the power back to the people and blow up the Houses of Parliament and take the government down with it, thus giving the power back to the people. Um it was it was it was pretty good. I thought I, I enjoyed it cool uh there's one particular acting in it who uh acting actor in it yep. who i thought was very good and he's good in other stuff as well his name's uh steven Rea. is he the uh, he, is he the northern guy yeah his name's finch he's like a cop or yes somebody yeah i think he's really good in that and i think he's good in a bunch of other things as well yeah because he, he yeah he has a, a bit of a northern accent and i think the one thing that annoyed me about the film is everybody had like a a very unrealistically posh accent, like every single uh-huh. person in the whole film. Everybody was um, just speaking like that. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is always that I think a less than Queen's English accent always tends to give the idea that they're a working class person and probably more likely to not fall in line with the um, totalitarian state or whatever yeah. it is. I, I know that that's very sweeping, but I mean, that's probably intentional in the way it was cast um the other thing is i've just noticed that um larry and andy wachowski or lily and lana wachowski were the screenplay writers yeah as well as being producers they did do the writing for it and also that um joel silver who's the exec producer for the matrix was involved as well so some tie-ins there it's got the Um, uh the the it's got the c word in that in that film you know does it yeah. Can you explain the context? Uh there is a a like a I think he's like a a okay, chancellor. So you can't explain the context. Well no, he's I can't exactly remember who he was. He was like a, a sort of chancellor guy and he was he'd basically appear on the TV like yelling and shouting and you know being very loud. Um and then he was just ranting and raving at people over a over like a kind of video link and he said the c word hmm 
Okay. It, it came out like a bolt from the blue. Um, but I here's, don't remember it. Here's one thing that really, really uh, ground my gears. Uh, so V, the titular character, so he he always Fair. he always wears this Guy Fawkes mask, which has now become the the adopted anonymous. mask of anonymous the hacker group activist group so in the activist yeah so in exactly so in the film um <laughs> v's favorite film is the count of monte cristo uh-huh. so he loves that film and he watches it all the time uh so he takes in evie which is who is played by natalie portman and he's like have you watched this film and she's basically says no and then He's like, do you want to watch this film? <laughs> and she says, yeah, why not? I'll, I'll watch it. And then it, it basically sort of like slowly fades out and then slowly fades back in towards the end of the film, like the very, very dying moments of the film. And the your main character says the last line and at the very same time, V also mimics the line. And it just pissed me off because I reckon he's probably been doing that throughout the whole film. That would drive me up the wall. So can that go into screen 101? Yeah. People people talking the lines through films that they've already seen. Yeah, I mean, that's never happened to me, but if it did, my word. Oh. It turns out that Imogen Poots was in this film. Now, have I mentioned that I thought she was really good in Green Room? I'm probably going to edit that out. <laughs> Unrelated. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. Did you have any other points about it? No. Great. So, talking about the Wachowskis and Joel Silver and the Matrix to some extent, um, I just thought that maybe we could talk about Equilibrium as well because there are a couple of points that I had that were related to the Matrix that I think are kind of, well, they run alongside it quite nicely. Okay. So, I, I've watched it relatively recently as well. Yeah, uh, and I know that you have. So let's let's go through it. Uh, what did you think overall? I thought, yeah, I liked it. Oh, uh, sorry, one second. Damn it! Sorry, go on. Why? Why did you play me that? I don't know. I just wanted to. I just wanted to piss you off. I thought it was okay. I mean, it's so Kurt Wimmer directed it, and do you know he he directed a film called One Tough Bastard. Uh, yes, I did know that, but I've never seen it. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was good. It was it was like fairly cheap. Like it looked like it looked like a bit of a a, a straight to TV sci fi film. Like the sets well, were quite were quite bit a bit cheap, but overall, it's uh, I thought it was good. I mean, it, it had the it had all the ingredients there, so it had like a. A brutal regime. It had people under under control. They were even taking uh, had to take this this prosium. It was called, which would numb their feelings and emotions. Because basically, the film is set uh, after World War Three, and they don't want to risk another world war. So basically, they find that um, what actually causes people to fight is emotion, etc., and feelings. So they essentially sort of take all like art literature music religion everything just goes and they put people on all this all these drugs to basically stop any kind of emotion keep them in this neutral state and then obviously christian bale 
the main character stops taking this drugs and then stops taking this drugs. And <laughs> Why it, are you taking this drugs? <laughs> and a little, a little bit like um, Rowdy Roddy Piper when he puts the sunglasses on in They Live and he, he can see the reality for what it is. He can start sort of seeing what's, you know, what's actually going on. Um, and I thought, I thought it was quite good. I, I, I enjoyed it. And it, I like the way that it ramped up in the brutality over the course of the film. It, it got, it got pretty grim in places. I thought. Yeah. Um, shoot, shooting galleries or whatever you call them. Um, and well, shooting puppies for a start. Shooting puppies. So they were it's shooting, shooting loads of dogs and then firing squad. Firing squad. That's what I was looking for. Shooting squad, incinerating people. Incinerating people. It was pretty, pretty bad. Mm-hmm. So, Brutal. just quick dog fact. <laughs> Going from incinerations. So, the puppy used in the film was a Bernese mountain dog. The noises it makes, and then it's here it's got barks, whines, yelps, etc., weren't actually made by the dog at all, but by an actor who specialises in dog impersonations. Fucking brilliant. Was it Sean Bean? Because <laughs> uh, given the screen time that he had, he needed anything else he could get. Yeah, about about fifteen minutes screen time, and then he's yeah. I mean, I think even less. He was dead within fifteen minutes of the film, but I think he was only on for about three. Yeah, very few lines as well. He reads a poem and then gets shot. Yates. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I I kind of liked rewatching it. Actually, I watched it on a, on a rental, a DVD rental. Doofed. How long ago um, did you watch it? 2003 I think so the year it came after it came out but you um, said you've watched it recently so when was that? oh um like the other night because you mentioned it oh right, okay um yeah so I remember get, uh, watching it when it came out originally don't think I really got it like I do now but yeah. uh, a couple of really good things about it I like the architecture so it's got like a lot of Berlin in it which is what I was mentioning earlier on yeah. uh, fascist architecture yeah. sort of big architecture that makes the individual civilian feel small and insignificant and basically that the government are so omnipresent so big that the the individual civilians are kind of yeah. a mere blip by comparison sort of thing. yeah pretty similar theme going in V for Vendetta as well it wasn't until everybody got involved that they could take on the yeah. Yeah. structure of the government yeah which yeah. is the big face on a screen thing as well yeah. so it's interesting because there's a lot of fascist buildings used some in Germany and uh, Berlin one in Rome which is a Mussolini building called the ERU which was used for the World's Fair which looks amazing as well okay. um so some cool architecture in there. A couple of things. I mean, I actually quite like the look of it. You said that it looks a bit cheap, but it's it's a strange one because it's um I don't know. I think it's got quite a good filmic look. It's uh, now digital. You can see lots of scratches in the print of the film. Yeah. Uh, so it looks like it was filmed then transferred to a digital print of some kind of, I, right. I don't know I, I don't know anything about that sort of technical detail of it but it, I like the fact that it <laughs> was so like prepared. well I don't know even if you did look into it I think it would be quite a, a deep subject to know about so any any big cinematographer catch that sort of detail project, guys on film extra <laughs> yeah um, I think it's got a really great film it looked to I think it's just that it was at a point where like they're thinking 
in a way that we do now but they were filming it in a way that people did in the 90s yeah. if you know what i mean so it's yeah, like yeah. Di- digital era thinking but <laughs> the co- the concepts were sort of filmed in a 90s look sort of yeah. thing so like it was a, a weird mix but i think it's aged really nicely actually yeah. one other thing i was going to say is like generally it's executed really well and i think some of the martial arts in gunkata shit is actually cool um, looks good but there's something about like the early 2000s wire work stuff that there's no wire work in it none none is that a verifiable fact verifiable fact there's no wire work in it whatsoever like Christian Bale flipping over his head and stuff yep that's a trampoline okay fine yeah. well that exactly to my point right so let's use the term wire <laughs> that's convenient let's use let's yeah it's convenient let's use the term wire work um, very loosely yeah um in the in the early 2000s i don't think there was anything that quite matched the polish of the matrix uh without using like rapid edits to kind of cover things up or trampolines um so another example is uh, did you ever see the one with jet lee yes now there are a bunch of things in that um i think that was like 2001 matrix was 99 and this uh equilibrium was 2002 they're all obviously sort of trying to follow a bit of what the Matrix did. So the one with Jet Li had similar sort of martial arts. And also the way the costumes are done. Yeah. Like the long black coats and that sort of look on the DVD cover for Equilibrium is the same. And then like the sort of cotton black top that Jet Li wears and the one is kind of... Yeah. I don't know. All, all basically stealing from it. Uh, anyway, these are all good things. I liked all this stuff. The one big thing I have to take away from Equilibrium is just that it's so derivative of other stuff that I don't think it's ever going to be iconic enough to actually live like in my memory as like one of the great iconic sci-fi or dystopian films. Really, it just borrows yeah. too much from like yeah. Fahrenheit four five one and The Matrix and Brave New World and all that stuff that kind of doesn't quite have its own identity. No, even even the fancy gunplay. Mm. So there's a there's a ridiculous fight near the end of it where they're basically trying to hit each other with guns <laughs> and like yep. disarm each other. It's him and the your main man, and it's I I I think I I like the film, but I think that's probably got to go down in in history as one of the silliest fights I've ever seen. So you're talking about Robbie the Brucey from Braveheart, Angus yeah. McFadden. Yeah, who was good in it? I think he's really good in it. I think he's good in it. One thing I would say is um, it also has 90s entertainer Brian Connolly in it um, for all those pop trivia people. Does um, it? It does, yeah. Brian Connolly. When? Uh, he's the guy in the room. I can't remember exactly what happens, but he basically Bale is accusing him of like having information about something. He lifts him up and drops him on like a medical table or something. Right, it's like okay. a doctor or something. Um, small part. Didn't go okay. any further in the film industry. Anyway, Angus McFadden gets angry as fuck when he's accusing Bale of like feeling like um, what do they call it? What crime? Sense crime. Yeah. So uh, he's accusing him of sense crime, so much so that he's so angry that he spits everywhere. Yeah. But like, why is he getting angry? I thought he wasn't meant to feel anything. You've bloody got in there, haven't you? So there you go. A whole movie undone like a shoelace. Next. Do you want to. Well, I mean, we're, we're coming to the end up? of it now, but what I would. I just want to give you a body count fact. Okay. 
John Preston. Body counts in the house. Body counts in the house. BC. Uh, so John Preston played by. Just- Sorry, John Preston played by Christian Bale kills 118 characters in this movie, which makes him responsible for exactly half of the total of 236 deaths shown. It's funny because in the description it says he kills how many? 118 characters. 118 characters. No, (laughs) not 118 people. Characters. Characters suggest that all 118 of them have a story, a backstory, an an identity... Um, I'd be interested to know about all of them. Same. Um, cool. Well, shall we round it out by just maybe doing a quick fire on some other films, just getting one word opinions and then real we'll quick fire. Um, it's a shame that we've not got into more of these, but you know, we've just chosen another the two time. worst ones. Yeah, we just selected specifically the shit ones. Um, okay, Planet of the Apes. Any of them. Uh, if we, if that's we... good enough to be honest that's fine <laughs> no I've, I've, I have got a, a quick opinion on the new ones I, I really like the, the remake of the the new remake I thought it was really really good um, the then, remake of the new remake yeah the, you know the new one Planet of the Apes uh, with James Franco yeah thought... that one with James Franco was good I thought but then the second one I thought was out of garbage and then the, okay. the third one looks even worse. Carry on. Okay. The it's originals always always bored me a little bit. But um Too silly. Charlton Heston was involved with those, wasn't he? He was yeah. also in the Amiga Man. Have you seen it? I've seen the Commodore sixty four man. Okay, that's enough. Uh I am Legend, the spiritual successor to Amiga Man. Oh see, I wouldn't say that's dystopian. But, you know, whatever. whatever then you're an idiot post-apocalyptic I, mate I robot uh, yeah it's alright yeah it's fine what's the lasting Im- image from I robot that you have the the dude that that falls from the skyscraper I just think of uh, Will Smith's dog and um, his converse is that is that I am, I am legend I am legend okay no. I am legend is converse you the ugh. leather leather converse move on uh, iRobot's great but it's nowhere near as good as a book Wall E don't like it oh I liked it no Fine. because it, it's so oh, sorry I'm not allowed to like it no you are but like the the thing that I don't like about it is that I mean I, I, I love Pixar films and I like Inside Out I think okay so great. what do you not like about it that it's just so obvious with it. it's like cry now feel sorry now like oh feel bad about being fat now it's just so heavy it's a bit like all Ricky Gervais stuff heavy handed AF don't like it okay fine don't like it Waterworld still not seen it (laughs) for fuck's sake you really need to catch up idiocracy and it's post apocalyptic as well it's not dystopian I mean you are an idiot because you've got this (laughs) you're just an idiot you need to eat some more Marmite, mate. Idiocracy is brilliant. Yeah. Oh, is that post-apocalyptic or is that... That's dystopian. Dystopian. Yeah, because everyone's stupid. You, you really... <laughs> so it's it. basically right, it's right now. Yeah. Um, uh, Robocop. Brilliant. Perfect. 
amazing. But Robocop 3 is one of the worst films I've ever seen. Uh, Death Race 2000. Is that the one with Jason Statham in it? Uh, it's the original, but it's all um, basically... Roger Corman. Roger Corman's making the money off the name forever now. Yeah. But Death Race 2000 good with idea. Uh, Carradine and Sylvester Stallone is good. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? Silent Running. Ever seen it? It's good. It's there. That's my comment on it. Okay. Logan's Run. I've seen Logan. I've not seen... His Run. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, last one. Fairly good. Go on. It's, it's fairly good. He gets his claws out and he's, you know, tearing through people. Good. Again, you're an idiot. Um, Cyborg with Jean-Claude Van Damme. <laughs> it's fucking brilliant. But Mas- it's Masters of the Universe. Sort of, not really. Uh, 12 Monkeys. Oh, I love it. Brazil. Can I shock you? Yeah, you've not seen Brazil? No. I thought you were going to say, can I shock you? I'm going to Brazil on holiday. <laughs> can I shock right. you? Yeah, no, I've, I've not seen. I've not seen Brazil. Okay. It, it's always. It's one of those. It's one of those ones that's always evaded me. Okay. Um, and I'm still uh, not convinced now that I, I'm. I'm massively, massively up, bothered. Up five. Up. Yeah. Okay. On a similar note, this is the last one. Is Dark City now? I, I think, I've seen it, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Uh, so I'm going to rewatch it soon to be 100% certain. Now, I said at the top of the show, I just want to just get these in there, right? Listener suggestions, just to make sure that we don't not then um, mention these listener uh, suggestions. Mad Max Fury Road was one that Pete Fraser suggested. Right. He's somebody I know from uh, Dundee. Um, I think it was great. I think that you will potentially say that that's post-apocalyptic rather than dystopian but I think that's a pretty dystopian society it's, where it's they're keeping both. the resources away from people it's got, like it's that. got both it's got both okay both. Uh, robot jocks is one that Kevin Blakeman has yeah. told us about have you seen that yeah great VHS cover as well yeah it looks wicked um, yeah it just it's all all kinds of good and then solar babies no, I've not. I've not even heard of that one. Okay, so I'll just give you a really quick rundown then. In a post-apocalyptic future, sorry, I'll read it like the guy from the trailer. In a post-apocalyptic future ruled by the military, a group of renegade teenage orphans finds a legendary orb, Bodai, that can supposedly bring back the rain that dried up the earth. Uh, uh, mystical force called Bodai. The, so basically, the kid says, "We're gonna get Bodai," and the adult says. Yes, we are, sleazy face. <laughs> um, Is that on the parents' guide, by the way? What, his sleazy face? Yeah. Yeah, there's just a picture of his sleazy face. Um, there's one comment on it saying, this enti- This is the uh, trailer that I was watching. The comment on it said, the entire thing is just a build-up for the narrator to say, solar babies. <laughs> and you can tell that he's disgusted with himself for saying it. <laughs> okay, so there you go. Uh, I've not seen it. I'm up for both of those, all three of yep. those, in fact. But I've seen uh, Mad Max Fury Road already. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, Robot Jocks is Robot Jocks is is good. Um, there was is also, it like real steel? It's, um, it's 
a little, I guess, but um, it's just massive robots punching Robert, each other. They're Robert huge. cops. They're, they're like Pacific Rim style, huge ones. But there was also a film out at the same time called Arena, as well, which okay. had had sort of similar budget slash vibes. Okay. So uh, cool. add on to your watch list. Add through your watch list yeah. right now. Okay, um, we're done, right? Yep. Um, really if you is, would like, that really is dystopian music. Um, okay, so if you would like to get in touch with us, you should go to facebook.com forward slash guys on film and leave us a comment or a picture or get in touch directly. Go to guysonfilm.co.uk forward slash contact if you want to send us a nice personalized email or check out any of the other content on the website. And we're on Twitter and Instagram at GOF Podcast. I'm on there at Ultra Magic. Uh, do all that good stuff. Ollie, are you on anything? Um, that, Just the Marmite. I'm on that weird Marmite stuff, yeah. Just to try and increase my brain capacity. It's a constant. I mean, you have to administer it three times a day, like the um, uh, guys in Equilibrium. Yeah, my salt levels are going through the roof. <laughs> It depends how much you administer. If if you if you cram it down like you you do, then you're obviously going to be in for a bad time. Yeah. Uh, no, that's we it. Done? We're done. Yeah. Gr nine. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Oh mate, stop recording twenty minutes ago. <laughs>